0: Politics and economy, stressed banks by Adid Jain, IMA India, July 2020. A Vicious Exchange. A crisis in the real economy spreads quickly to the financial one and then the other way around. Creating a vicious exchange, banks are understandably under duress as businesses suffer and loan defaults begin to mount. This is more acute amongst small and medium enterprises which work on tiny margins and are frequently undercapitalized. The pressure on banks is in direct proportion to the reduction in economic output and stress tests work on models that include economic growth. So it eventually boils down to assumptions and it seems that the Reserve Bank of India has possibly been generous in the likely performance of the economy. Understandably, data is hard to collate in pressing circumstances such as the ones we currently contend with. But now many agencies are coming around to the view that India will contract by 5% in this financial year. IMA, in its monthly brief, took this view three months ago and in doing so, failed to err on the side of caution. Based on feedback from clients across various sectors, we believe instinctively that the reality may be somewhat worse. As demand shrinks, so will output, and consequently the servicing of debt capital becomes proportionately harder. Defaults and restructurings will rise, damaging the already fragile balance sheets of lending institutions. The impact will last for at least two years, perhaps longer. As a matter of fact, Banks are yet to feel the full effect of the lockdown and the severity of these would be consequent upon the pace of recovery. India started easing restrictions in many states in June which led to a resumption in economic activity but the acceleration of new cases could threaten business again causing disruptions to supply chains and shrinking personal income. On the premise that economic degrowth would be 5% Fitch, a rating agency, estimates that banks would need around rupees 1 trillion in new capital in the financial year ending March 2022, to meet minimum regulatory norms. However, depending on the extent of economic contraction, this could be as high as 4.5 trillion rupees. The RBI's Financial Stability Report, released in December 2019, suggested that the gross NPA ratio of banks would rise to 9.9% by September 2020. According to analysts, this was an underestimate to begin with. Now, in a post-COVID world, that loans would rise to 13.2% for state-run banks, or so the IBI, RBI believes. Many economists intuitively believe this figure may go as high as 20%. Either way, banks would require wads of cash to ensure solvency in the current circumstances. With the ballooning fiscal deficit, this may be hard to come by. The first impact on industry would be liquidity, and CFOs may find it appropriate to ensure that their own balance sheets are secure. Despite the costs, it may seem fitting to draw upon credit lines when available, rather than run the risk of liquidity crunch later. Larger companies may need to leverage their own robust balance sheets to provide funding to their suppliers and small vendors who would be impacted severely if the worst-case scenario were to play out. Still, banks are in a better state of health when compared to NBFCs that have suffered a series of shocks with extensive exposures to the real estate sector and small enterprises. Hardly in a fit state to begin with, Their condition has degraded and is unlikely to recover in a hurry. The risk of the financial markets worsening the economic crisis is now much higher than before.